It is Victory Monday, November 28th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy who could care less about a squib kick, J.P. <laughs> Shadrick. It's all good in the end. Welcome. It's Victory Monday, and it's Jaguars Happy Hour, and we've got a busy two hours ahead. Of course, Prisco and Baselli react to the Jaguars' win over the Ravens, 28-27. The Jaguars rally twice in the fourth quarter to get it done, and the knockoff a very good football team in the process. We've got plenty of Fanatics fan questions in the second hour. We'll go around the National Football League. A whole lot to get to reacting to this one today, and we start... With head coach Doug Peterson, and after that win yesterday, he said it's all in that locker room. Besides the excitement, the guys the guys believe, right? I mean, that's the I think that's the thing that I see is they, they believe in themselves, they believe in this team, you know, and, and amongst all the excitement, that, that's what it that's what it means more to me, you know, with these guys. But very excited, electric, um, you know, these guys really deserve this one. Trevor Lawrence after the game on the two-point situation. There was a whole lot more going on than just deciding to go for it or not. They ruled a touchdown, but we didn't know if they were going to overturn it or not. So we were talking about our two-point play, possibly talking about maybe kicking the PAT. And then we were also talking about if we didn't get it, what are our next plays at the end zone? Because we only had, I think, 14 seconds left. Um, so it was like a lot, a lot going on. And then they said we got it. And coach looked at me and said we're going for two you know and I I wasn't sure before that what we were going to do and just that trust that he has in us and like I said you know we've been in that situation a lot and haven't always got it done and just for him to keep trusting us keep trusting me and our offense uh, it was was big for us and then on the defensive side Foyer Aluka on the Jaguars linebacker after the game after a career high 18 tackles what a performance yeah, I was tired. <laughs> now nah, the ball is there, you know. If, I'm, if I read it right and get to the ball, I, that's, that's what I do for my team. Um, you know, all the way throughout the game, whatever I'm supposed to be doing, I'm trying to do it. I mean, we saw flashes all year. We got to keep putting them together. I think when we start stacking good performances, uh, finishing games the right way, that's when we'll show that we're growing up. But you got to start from somewhere, and it was a good good opportunity for us to keep going off of that. There you have it. All the sound from the locker room available on Jaguars.com. Jaguars social media from after the game. Doug Peterson spoke earlier this afternoon as well. It's Monday. That means it's time for Pete Prisco down in South Florida and Tony Baselli, who is in parts unknown, but apparently still has a pulse somehow after the video came out of the call at the end of the game. It's amazing that uh, Pete, that Tony is still alive. I I, I, I was worried it's about that it. He has a tongue because he didn't use it. He didn't say anything. Uh, uh, did they score? Uh, First of all, that's, that? not, that's not true. If you listen to the broadcast, I spoke, but the situation was number one. You're supposed to let the if if, if you ever listen to good radio, you're supposed to let the play by play guy finish. JP will tell you that as a play by play guy. You let them finish because the last thing you want to do in a big call is have a bu- the analyst talking over the play-by-play guy. It doesn't sound good. Secondly, I was not sure he was in. It was a bang-bang play, so I was trying to see what the officials were going to do and kind of what the reaction was. And then if you listen to the broadcast, I talked about it. That's my job. What I saw, we talked about it, so on and so forth. Yeah, but there was I- no emotion. You didn't move. You didn't react. You did nothing. You just sat there. 
Act like you've been there before, Pete. <laughs> well, they haven't been there before since what 2000. <laughs> I mean, come on, come on. What is it? 100? How many games in a row was it? 182 or whatever? They hadn't been there before. Yeah, you, you. It was amazing. First off, I've known Frank Frangi for 35 years, and I didn't think he would make it till today. I thought. <laughs> What what was he doing? He was it's like the veins were popping out of his head. I didn't think he was gonna make it. He was he was bumped. It was a big moment. It was great. It was uh I mean who cares about the call? What the was what was the best part of that whole thing was is I'm listen, winning is all that matters in the NFL, and you know that, Pete. But I also think whether you want to call it the cherry on the top, but I think it's equally as important. What Trevor Lawrence did and what he's done since that poor performance in, in Denver. And you and I both have said on this show since the beginning, we were confident he was the guy. There was a lot of talk, you know, is he, I don't know if people call it, said a bust, but is he just average? Is he going to be a franchise quarterback? They were down on him even early in the year when they had that losing streak. And then it kind of, you know, you know, hit a high point and apex, you know, after the Denver game. And I, and I've been consistent. You've been consistent, Pete. We've said all along he will be great. He will be a franchise quarterback. He will lead this team to championships. I have no doubt in my mind about that. I even feel more confident with Doug Peterson as the head coach. Not that this team doesn't have holes. Not that this team doesn't need to get better and, and need you know to address things throughout you know the offseason and everything else. But what was exciting for me is I've been watching. I'm watching, and it's happening right in front of us. Trevor Lawrence is becoming one of the best quarterbacks in this league. He is growing up. I'm not saying he's top five. I'm not saying he's Joe Burrow or Tom Brady or whoever at this point. But he is talented. He's tough. He has a big arm. He's athletic. He is you know, fearless in the pocket. He's a competitor. It's important to him. And you're starting to see results. I mean, he made throws that were big time in the face of pressure, you know, from the rush, you know, big moments where it's do or die. And I loved it. I loved and I loved his emotion after the game and during it. I mean, there's fire in that belly. Anyone who questions Trevor Lawrence's will to win, just go turn on the tape and watch yesterday. Because we said it last week on the show. I said it all week locally. If they were going to win this game, Trevor Lawrence had to have a big day. They were not going to run the ball against that Ravens defense. Nobody has. Going into that game, they had given up 128 yards in three games. They are dominant. With the addition of Roquan Smith, with Patrick Queen in that front, they are tough. And I don't care if Travis Etienne would have been ha- healthy the whole game. They weren't running the ball consistently. They had to throw to win. They had to throw to open things up. And the pressure was on Trevor Lawrence. And he delivered in a big way. 300-plus yards, three touches, no interceptions. I mean, Big time throws and tight windows. I loved it, uh, and I, that was that was as, as exciting to me as the win was. Well, you know what, Tony? That each co- each quarterback has a moment or a game in their career where you can sit back and you go, mm-hmm. "They've arrived. This was it. This is it. This is the moment for him. This is he's now a franchise quarterback." Anybody who had doubts about it before, and we didn't. You're right. Neither one of us did. There's, those are gone. This was the moment, and the throw of the moment is the fourth down throw. The fourth down throw was it to Zay Jones? Is that what it was? Marvin, Marvin, Marvin Jones. Jones. Yep. Wow. I mean, wow. Those are the moments where you look back in his career 
15, 10 years from now and you go, that's when he arrived right there, right then and there. And by the way, he is going to be a star of stars. Oh, he the is. franchise, the franchise. And if you're a fan out there and you don't have season tickets, you better get them because this team is moving in the right direction and they have that guy. And when you solve that position, not only do you have success year, maybe one year or two years, you have sustainable success. And that's where this franchise is going right now. Well, and, Jeff, and Pete, you're right. He did make a big time fourth down throw earlier in the game to Zay Jones on that corner out. Correct. That just beautiful. I'm talking about the one on the last drive when yep. it was fourth and five. Yep. He has pressure right in his face. Clay's Campbell's like drilling him and he like jumps up and delivers a strike to Marvin Jones. I have no idea how he snuck it in there because it was great coverage. And he put it the only place it could go. Is that the one on the sideline? This one on the yeah, sideline. This this is after the yeah. third and 21, well, you know, he completes no, it to no, Christian no, Kirk. No, no, and then the, the next down. play right is right he can converts the fourth and five. Yes. This is the, right here. Look, the ball's out by Marvin Jones hasn't even made his break yet. Boom, right on the number. And, and you know, that's another thing, too, Tony. You came out from being sacked. Yeah. You came out from under being sacked. Third, you know, a lot of times in those hurt, you know, trying to win the game scenarios, you don't get out from underneath that. No. Well, I, and Pete, I loved it was third and 21. And we said it on the radio. And the mistake teams make all the time. They try to get all 21 yards back up in one play. I'm like, and I said it. I said, hey, listen, you have two downs. Act like it's second down. Go get 10, 15, make it fourth and manageable. And they did it. Christian Kirk sat down in front of the deep zone. It was a strike right on him. He turned, got a couple extra yards. Now all of a sudden it's fourth and five, and he makes this throw. I mean, it was I, – I loved every bit of it. It was a great football game. Um, it was entertaining. The defense, they have issues at times, but they don't win that game if the defense doesn't – you know, three, um, three of the first four – three of the first four field goals, so when it was, they had 12 points. Yeah. Of those were deep red, uh, tight red zone stops. If they convert those to touchdown speed, they're first and goal inside the ten. They get they get nine points out of that three times. If that ends up being twenty one instead of nine, the game's over. I mean, they, you never get a chance to do that. So you, I mean, the defense has a lot to clean up, and there's some questionable things that we can talk about today. But at the end of the day, right now, what they are, and this is how they should play, they're a bend but don't break. They're not going to be a dominant defense. They don't have the pass rushers to be dominant. They don't have the playmakers to be dominant. But what they do have is they have some smart football players. Aluakon is one of the smartest football players. You watch him. He's in the right place. He gets that thing lined up. And they play good red zone defense. And, and they did yesterday, at least. And if they can do that, and you know they're going to be a tough team to beat down the stretch. Look, it was it's what they needed at this moment. And by the way, you said it last week. They're still alive. I mean, they're still alive and they're playing for something. It's not going to happen, but they're playing for something. They, think about this. Tennessee goes to Philly this week. They're that gonna, ain't, that they're, ain't an easy game. They're not winning that game, Pete. No. So, okay. so Although, then, You know, right when we say that, Vrabel will pull something out of his rear. Right, head. like he always does. But, but <laughs> yeah. again, that's not an easy game. And next thing you know, you're in the mix if you win this week against Lions. So, it's it's there for them, but the best thing about it is, again, we go back to the quarterback. This is the moment. This is it, folks. This is the moment for him to shut that everybody up because there's so many people out there that were ignorant. You're starting to hear around the league that Justin Fields is better than him. No, he's not. That's ridiculous. This kid can make all the throws, and Tony, you said it. He is tough. 
He's a tough kid. He's a tough-minded kid, too. Don't don't uh, blink now, Tony. I think I just heard Pete say they could run the table. I think I just heard no, they're that. They're not running the table. I'm they saying it's possible. They have the a table. chance. That's a big Listen, difference from last week. No, but here's the, here's the deal. And this is the NFL, by the way. They better like enjoy it today. Get ready for Detroit because Detroit's a good football team. Yep. And and if you don't go win up there, this was all for naught <laughs> as far as the record. Not what you learned from it. I'm not taking that away, but as far as the record. But if you can find a way to win, and I don't think the Titans will win, you're two games back and you play Tennessee up there. And if you go up there and beat Tennessee and are one game back with four to play, you're in it. You are in the hunt for the playoffs at that point. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a shootout in Detroit this week. By oh, the way. There's going to be points all over the place. Oh, I can't wait. That's going to be a fast track and a lot of passes fill in the air. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. It'd be, it's going to be a good football game. Plenty more ahead. We'll come back in just a moment and get a little more into this defensive performance. Tony alluded to it there. The red zone defense early was huge. There was also a big play late that they gave up on the uh, touchdown drive to give Baltimore the lead late in the fourth quarter. We'll get into all of that coming up. Of course, a little more into the offensive performance from yesterday. Jamichael Hasty stepped up in a big way. Obviously, Zay Jones as well. In the second hour, your social media questions will go around the NFL. Plenty ahead. We're just underway. And PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jaguars, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. This is a team win today. Offense, defense, and special teams. And it's a hell of a win against a great football team. A playoff caliber team. That shows me, shows you right there, that we're right there. And we are right there with them. I need a one, I need a new ball here, guys. Ready? One, two, three. I mentioned to this man on Thursday. Was it Thursday? Or Friday. 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 I said after after we win on Sunday. It's victory! Well, there you have it from the locker room after the game, and welcome back. It is Victory Monday, and it is Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli. Jaguars over the Ravens, 28-27. Of course, Doug Peterson in the locker room with the team after the game. Players off today and tomorrow, and then back in the building officially on Wednesday to get ready for the Detroit Lions for nine years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all the available inventory and go Jags. We're on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We're all on Twitter, of course, uh, at JP Shadrick, at Tony Baselli, at Prisco CBS. Well, let's uh, dig a little more into this defensive performance from yesterday. And Tony, you touched on it just a little earlier. The red zone defense early in the game. It felt like, you know, the the Ravens just missed a couple passes early. They could have blown this thing open early in, in the first quarter, really. 
they missed some of those. Jaguars took advantage, kept them out of the end zone, held them to field goals, and uh, got them to the point where they could find their way offensively. It was a slow start offensively for this team. They didn't have the ball a lot early in the game, but the defense kept this game alive in this uh, yeah. yesterday. Well, they did. And Lamar Jackson did not play very well yesterday. Um, and we're fortunate early in the game that he did not because he missed a wide open uh, Marcus Robinson that would have been a touchdown on the first uh, drive. On the second drive, it was good defense. On the th- on the third red zone, tight red zone, he missed a wide open Nick Boyle that would have been a touchdown. Um, easy throws, throws that ninety percent of the quarterbacks in this league make on a regular basis. So we got we got a little bit lucky, but who cares? I mean, sometimes you need breaks in this league to win. It's hard to win in this league. So take nothing away from the Jags, but they were fortunate there. But they t- what they did, guys. What they haven't been doing, they took advantage of breaks. When they were losing those close games, they took advantage of no breaks. And they were giving teams multiple opportunities to beat them. In this situation, they had some bad plays. Baltimore didn't capitalize, but then they shut them down when they had to. And they did play good defense. So give them a ton of credit. It was an interesting day defensively. They had a bunch of different uh, looks that they put in specifically for Baltimore. They had um, they had fronts where they had three safeties, two corners, um, and uh, and then they had another look where they had three linebackers, one corner, and two safeties. I mean, they did a bunch of different things trying to deal with Lamar Jackson. One thing that is clear: there's a new starting linebacker on this team. Oh, yeah. It's Chad Moore. He's yeah. better than he's better than Devin Lloyd right now. I don't know if you watched the tape, Pete. I did. Moon was better. Devin Lloyd looked lost again, in my opinion, yesterday. But do you remember the one play where Luicon's telling him, come come this way, this way, because they shifted and he didn't move and he's waving at him. And, and then there was a play on the sideline where he seemed to let up again. Well, I don't he, know if you saw that. Did you see it? Yeah, he's slow to react. He was, a couple times he was completely fooled going the wrong way. On the touch- and here's, here's one, too. On the, on the one long throw. Was it the touchdown? That's his guy, isn't it? Uh, no, it was. It was after the long throw. The, the touchdown. Yeah, the, the touchdown. That's his guy. Josh Howard. They're in man coverage. That's his right. man. And yeah, if because, you look at if you look at a pre snap, Ray Sean Jenkins is saying you have him. Right. Yeah, because Muma goes with the back. He's got the back in man coverage. That's his Even man. They're guy. on the opposite side of each other. He's got the back. You can see it. And he didn't. He's. You can see him trailing him the whole he, time. No, he went the wrong way. If you watch, the- right? But then he tried. Then he react. Then he said, "Oh, it's way too late for that," and he couldn't get him. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, Chad Mumu should be the star of the rest of the year. Now, I'm not saying I, I, I think I'm with you, Pete. Go find some rush packages. Put his hand on the ground because no one else can rush the passer. I mean, we didn't win. Nobody won. Um, and so you might as well put put him out there, see if he can win. Um, but Chad Mumu is a better weak side linebacker than Devin Lloyd right now. It's just. He is, and he and he chased down one play in the run game. I think so. He show he does have the speed. He just don't know how to line up and get to the spot. He doesn't know. He doesn't know his assignment. So just. But if you can't line up, you can't play. Right. I I'm with you, Tony. I wouldn't how, play either. How many times did you see Olukon telling Muma where to line up? Not once. Oh, no. And you know what? As a result of that, don't you think Olukon played better? I thought Olukon was outstanding. He made some plays coming I, off the blocks. I mean, it was the best he's played. Forget about the tackle. Numbers he put up, 18 tackles, amazing, 13 solo, um, two for a loss. But 
I was so impressed how he fought off blocks. Correct. And made big Correct. tackles. And he, he, and he made a couple of open field tackles against Lamar Jackson that if he doesn't, they're much bigger plays. Um, I thought Aluakon was outstanding. He was, their uh, best, he was their best defensive player on Sunday. And I think the, the guy right behind, I thought Hamilton played good again. Hamilton played good. I yeah. thought he played. I thought Muma played well. Um, I love Rayshon Jenkins. He is so physical. I mean, he is such a good football player, in my opinion. Um, I thought Cisco had a great pass breakup. He gets better each week. Um, the rush guys so, are, don't do don't do anything. I mean, and that's not that's was it McCarry was playing left tackle? Is that who was playing left tackle? It was McCarr. Yeah. yeah, that I mean, he's a he's a feisty tough guy. No, he's. Pete, if you watch them when he came in for Ronnie, when he played a bunch for Ronnie Stanley earlier in the year, yeah. he's a good football player. He's a he, good player, he, but he's played guard. He's moved around. He's a, he, you know, he's yes, he's a good football player. But you should be able to beat him. You should be able to beat him a few times, no doubt about it. Um, I mean, so yeah, I mean, if you look at the two first rounders, you're not getting a lot of production out of the two first rounders this year, right now. No, you're getting. Limited snaps. What did he play? Thirty snaps or twenty-five snaps? I think Lloyd played, and the only reason he played was because they were playing Lamar Jackson. If you're not yeah, playing I, Lamar Jackson, he's not on the field. Right. I don't think he. I don't think he plays next week in defense, unless you know they put a special. Unless they put special packages in the rush game for him. You know what else bothered me too? This is just me, and I don't know the kid, but this bothered me. He seemed almost okay with being benched. I I, I can't speak to that. Well, I mean, he said, oh, yeah, like Doug said, this might do me good to sit on the sideline and watch it. What? What, what are you talking about? Who wants to be benched? I don't, no, I don't, I don't want to be benched. I, I, I got yeah. to learn my playbook better, but I don't want to be benched. I don't want to sit out and sit and watch. But Muma's better, yeah. and Muma will be the but linebacker. He's better. Um, hey, the, uh, while we're on defense, oh, this is coming up. Um yeah, there's some good things early in the game. Obviously, third down, or, or excuse me, red zone. Um, but late in the game, fourth quarter, Deshaun Jackson gets That's loose I was, I was go. for a sixty-two yard pass play. And well, they what only rush three. No, hold on, freeze it right here. Can you freeze this? Nope. Yes. Uh, okay, if you go back a little bit, I don't know if you can. If the people in there, I actually have right here. So this is. I saw this live, and I didn't want to say anything live because I was like, did I see it right? And I confirmed this morning. They have one corner on the field, three linebackers, no, five linebackers if you count the two outside guys, three down linemen, and two safeties. You have Devin Lloyd out there on Marcus Robinson. Now, the Ravens have three tight ends, two receivers, no backs, second and 20. Why are you not nickel? Why do you have one corner on the field? And they run the racer out, and you have you have Chad Muma chasing Deshaun Jackson. Are they playing Tampa too? Is that what that is? Is that why Chad Muma's in the middle of the field? It looks like Tampa too. Like they split the, the safety split. It looks like they I, played. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't think it is because if it would have been Tampa too, then you'd had Cisco getting depth. But I think Cisco. Yeah, I think Cisco made a mistake. Cisco peeked in. Look at Cisco split. They're split safeties. I get that. Okay, but Cisco jumps the up route where he shouldn't. That's right, watch. Pete. That's exactly what it was. That, that should be Tampa two. He should have been over the top. Muma's in the middle of the field. You know that Tampa two works. I, I, Pete, I get that, but why, my question is: Why do you only have two corners? Oh, yeah, that I don't get. That I don't get. 
I don't understand why you have one corner. I mean, does does Cisco have more confidence not to jump that in route if it's not a if it's not a if not a linebacker sitting out there? And again, I we don't know his assignment, but it sure looks like that's Tampa too, and he's supposed to stay deep and, and outside. He doesn't. Did, right. Hey, hey, JP, did Doug say anything about this play in this press conference? He did not say anything about this play specifically, but I was told by somebody who would know that Cisco should have been deep. Yeah, it's Tampa too, and he he's responsible for it. But and you're that, right, Tony. Why not have an extra corner on the field? I That's don't understand. Why, in second and twenty, in an end of game situation, why you have three linebackers out there? I also don't like rushing three. Well, they had no backs. They're not look, running look, the ball. Look at the look at the look at the rush. Is, am I not mistaken? They rushed three, and no, only three I went. Pulled up right. Yes, they only rushed three. That's right. Yeah. That, I didn't like that either when I first saw it. So it's Tampa 2. Muma's dropping to the deep middle. Cisco's supposed to stay on the outside. He jumps that route, and therefore you got you got him covering over the top of it, and you can't get over that side. So that's it's a mistake by Cisco. It's not a good defense, and they shouldn't just rush three. So all in all, they all messed up. Yeah, I guess I'm not against rushing three. I don't – I mean, I don't know. You're right. If Cisco plays deep, it's probably not an issue. Um. I, 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 it just bewilders me why you have three linebackers out there in one corner in, 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 in second and 20. Right. If it's third and eight you, or second and uh, second and 10, you understand that with him the way he plays quarterback. I get it too. But even then, I'll argue this all day long. Put Dewey Wingard out there instead of Devin Lloyd. He's a better football player than Devin Lloyd right now. Well, who is who is the so you had two safeties, you had the two safeties and the three linebackers in one corner. You had Tyson Campbell. That's it. Yeah, it's 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 bad. They got caught in a bad defense. I I didn't play it well. I would put Doobie out there. I watched every snap this morning and I don't think they got anything out of Devin Lloyd being on the field. He made one play, play. but Doobie Wingard's better player. Pete. and, by and he the forced way, that fumble Tony, at the end too. By the way, and by the way, on the goal line, on the was it the two point play where they scored? No, it Lloyd, was it, it, no. Lloyd needs it. Which is the one where the kid looked like he was stopped and he fell into the end zone? Lloyd's got to Lloyd's got to blast him and make that play. He missed him. Yeah, he him. Because, because was it Hamilton who kind of held him up a little yeah, bit, and he's got to come in and blast him. And Cisco tried to at least come in late, but it was too late at that point. Yeah, yeah. I, he missed him. Yeah, not good. I mean, now we know why they drafted Chad Muma. It's <laughs> that evil Grinch laugh again. Great. Well, I mean, they, was it you that was telling me that Lloyd? I can't, maybe it was Bogman that Lloyd did not play off the. Was not an off the ball linebacker at Utah. He was a rush guy. He played a lot of rush. Yeah, he was a rush guy. Well, he played off the ball. Somebody he, rushed a lot at Utah. That's why I said last week, let him rush. But he wasn't, a, he wasn't a big coverage guy at Utah. No. Yeah. No. It, and that was the knock on him, too, Tony, was that he wasn't good in coverage. But, but okay, if you can go forward and you have that speed, why not put, put, him, with, put him in some situations where he puts his hand on the ground and goes? Yeah, by no means am I giving up on Devin Lloyd. I'm no, just saying he's not, playing, either. he's not playing good football right now. And I think you've got to find what he can do well and slow the dang game down for the kid. Because right now his head is swimming. He can't line up. He doesn't know his assignment. He's reacting slow. He's he's getting fooled by misdirection. He's going the wrong way at times. 
like the kid's athletic. He's strong. He's, I, I, I think he's going to be a good football player, but I think you got to put him in a situation to like make it simple. Like go get the quarterback. I'll give you an example before I know you got to go to break JP. Jamin Davis from Washington had all kinds of problems last year. The exact same stuff this year. He's a really good football player because they've, they've adjusted him and he's learned the game. One more thing. I know we'll talk about this coming back. We got to talk about the number one pick because this week, they play the number two pick, Ooh. and and Trayvon Walker doesn't do a lot. Let's be real. He's a big physical player who doesn't do a lot. That's coming up shortly. We'll get into the offense a little deeper when we return as well. Zay Jones had a career day. Marvin Jones with some big catches. Jamichael Hasty stepped in and played well. And it's time to deck the halls, Duval. Join us Sunday, December 18th as Trevor Lawrence leads the charge against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're gifting the game or treating yourself, we've got tickets to fit every budget. So visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. You know, we got to think players, not plays. You know, they wanted to go for two. It wasn't my decision. The players were like, let's go, you know. And, and um, I got a lot of faith and trust in them. And just a, a well-executed play. It's the play we've had in our game plan pretty much every week. And, and um, we were able to pull it out. Great, you know, Trevor today was, you know, was lights out. He played extremely well. That throw, that catch um, for the two-point was, was a thing of beauty. And, um, you know, I think as a football team, too, you know, a win like this just, you know, um, kind of kind of heads us in the right direction. That's the head coach, of course, Doug Peterson. After the game yesterday on the two-point decision at the very end, and welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. Now, he did clarify a little later that the st- coaching staff did talk about that earlier on the headsets and – then, of course, when it came down to that moment, the players were all in for it as well. But either way, it worked out. Jaguars well, get it done. players are always going to be all in yeah, for that. That's Come right. on. Give me a break. That's how it Pete, what, what did you like? Did you like the call or not? For that team, I liked the call. For the Chargers, I didn't like the call. And here's why. I mean, this team is trying to get to something. The Chargers are in the playoff race. So, yes, I like the call in that situation for them. It, it, you know, and, and – Remember, what was the year at Tampa you guys went for two to win the game? Yeah, we didn't get it. No. but And I argue with Coughlin that I wouldn't have done that. But now looking back on it, where your team was, it was probably the right decision to go for the two. Um, but, I, you know, if you're a good team and you're, and you're in the playoff race or something, no, you don't go for it. But in that situation, I didn't mind it uh, at all. Let me tell you why, I, and I said this on the air, why I liked it, is because if you look at the teams – the Ravens have a better kicker. And so if you're, if it's going to come, so you, it's a coin toss, um, you know, whether you get the ball first or not. If, you know, regardless, you know, assuming that the first drive is in a touchdown, which there's always a chance of that, it's going to come down to a field goal, field goal kicking game. And the short, the field, if, if the Ravens either win the, whether they win the toss or not, it's a pretty short field if they get the ball to go score because, you know, anything inside 60 is a very high percentage make for Justin Tucker. 
And so based on the, you know, the, who, you, you know, the makeup of the teams and what they have with Justin Tucker, I thought it was the highest percentage plays to go for it and try to win it right there. Plus, you had the field go back and forth in the fourth quarter, so it wasn't like they weren't scoring. So, yeah, to your to your uh, point, exactly. There was reasons to go for it in that scenario. So I had no problem with it. Now, here's the other thing. A lot of people would have had a different feel if they don't get it coming out of that game. Me, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't. I said it beforehand. I said I like the call. Yeah, because not just because I would have criticized him for going for it, but your quarterback did what he did. You're getting that, that's a win. You get the gravy, that's nice. But you you did what you did. They hadn't done that before. That was the amazing thing about it. So, no, I, I, I like the call. There were calls in that game I didn't like, I'll be honest with you. I mean, there always is. For example? Third and one and fourth and one. Didn't like either one of them. Why are you bunching up like that to run the ball in the middle of the line? You had on the one play there were eleven Ravens in the picture. Did you see it, Tony? When they go to the all twenty-two, there were eleven guys there. What are you doing? And he didn't get it, by the way. No, he didn't get it because there were about twelve guys there. And on the third down run, they tried. Is that the one where they tried to pull Scherf and get the trap and kick him out, and and they get just got engulfed for no no gain. I didn't like that call either. So th- those are two I didn't like. And here's the other thing. Was it third down on the goal line where they rolled him out again and he had nobody? Was that yep. third down they settled for a field goal? Yeah, but he threw uh, it away. At least he threw it away this time. Well, he threw it away, but why are you cutting? You, you no, don't they, need they to cut. Scored, they scored on the next play, Pete. Yeah. No, they did. They kicked a field goal. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. It was third down. He threw it over his head to the back uh, of the end zone. It was not third down. It was, it was, a, it was a second down play. Look at CJP. I'm almost positive. When was that? What part of the game was that in? Remember? It was after the fumble recovery. Fumble recovery. Wasn't it? No. No. After the fumble recovery, they never got to the tight red zone. That's right. They They did. I thought it it was a third down play. Maybe I'm wrong. Either way, I mean, it worked out, right? I mean – now, how about the two? Why do, you don't need to cut the field. He showed on the two-point play. You don't need to cut the field in half with him anymore. He can stand back there and make the plays. You cut the field in half when a guy's learning how to play football a lot of times. He doesn't need that. Let him throw. He doesn't need to cut the field in half all the time. You limit what he can do. Those two guys were covered. He had no options in that play. Nothing. And that hasn't worked out this year, has it? The little boots to the right, they haven't worked out very well at all. In fact, if you went back and looked at all the plays and over the course of the season and said, what play has been the most damaging to them? The boots to the right have been. Well, some of those weren't really designed to be full boots to the right. Like the one in London, he should have got rid of quick or thrown away. And he decided to roll, keep rolling to the right, and that wasn't the design. So, I think that was a design. It was no. a boot. No, he was. He wasn't was, flushed out of the pocket. It was one option, and he decided to keep rolling. It was one option throw. It if it's not there, throw it away. That was the design of the play, Pete. It's still, it's still a, a still a boot to the right where he's got to make a throw, and it had that's been the most damning play for them all year long. And it made it worse because he continued to go and threw it into traffic. But that's I, I'm with but you. But at least it. he at least he threw the ball away this time. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Could okay, you imagine if he threw another one on that play? Just he doesn't need that anymore. Uh, how about the uh, the two point play itself? Well, we heard the sound there coming back of the decision and, and the mindset and everything that goes with it. But the fastball that he threw 
on that wow. on that route. That's and the well. catch on the back end by Zay Jones, who had a career day, by the way, and this just caps it off. A career high targets, completions, or receptions, excuse me, and receiving yards for Zay Jones, and he was all over the place. You know what? That that throw didn't get to do it deserves because that thing was on him in a hurry. Yes, it was. I mean, that that's big boy, boom, accurate, right on his hands. I mean, that's a great throw. And then to be able to reel it in on the back end by Zay as well. I mean, that's that's some heat. How about Zay? Finally, you know, this is um, this is an offense where you'll have Christian Kirk will have a big day, 120 yards, whatever, a couple weeks in a row, and then they'll hit the, uh, you know, the kick returner for a couple touchdowns in a game, and then all of a sudden here comes Zay Jones with a huge day at the offense. It's a different guy almost every time out. Well, and just like next year when they get Ridley, I mean, they're gonna have they're gonna have one heck of an offense next year. Would you agree? Yes. Do we lose JP, Tony? I'm here. We got you. We got you both. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, they should be. I mean, we've got six more games this year, Pete. Don't put the cart before the horse. Let's go. We got. But I'm always looking at big picture, though, JP. You got to look big picture. I mean, you get Ridley back. And and by the way, Tony, we'll talk about this a little bit, I'm sure. But the offensive line was good in pass protection on. on, uh, Very good pass protection, Pete. The run blocking was crappy, but the and and Fortner had some problems in pass protection, but the really good in pass protection though as a as a unit they were that was outstanding. Now Baltimore's not a great pass rushing team from the edge. Well, Justin Houston's been getting after people, Pete. Yeah, yeah, he has. Calais but, Calais had some uh, some stuff late in the game yesterday. He was back there active. Calais, I tell you what. Clays can still play for a guy. I mean, he can't do it for the long haul like he used to be able to, but he can still get after it. Well, hey, JP, I got to ask you, what's the injury update on ETN? I mean, Uh, I know they said after the game it wasn't a big deal, but it's the same foot. That's concerning. same foot. Doug Peterson talked about that today. He called it officially a foot sprain. It's not the same injury. It is the same foot, but – you know, there's there's no walking boot or any of that stuff. So they're they're pretty confident in him moving ahead. It was more, I think, uh, above the shoulders thinking about it than the actual foot itself. So uh, that's the way Doug made it seem today in his press conference. So, so hey, Pete, you right. It was good. a third down play, third and three from the three yard line when they rolled out to the right and didn't get it. Right, and they you, settled for a field goal. Yeah, you were right. Yeah, I don't like that play. It was near the end of the half. Yeah, I didn't like that play. Let's come back. Uh, We'll go around the AFC South and uh, get to Monday Night Football when we come back. There's a divisional team playing this evening. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans, PRI Productions, the Southeast full-service event company has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com and learn more. And we take a live look if you're watching on Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, 
to the Miller Electric Center outside TIAA Bank Field. The roof going on, the indoor facility, the main part of the facility continues to uh, move right along. Of course, the the grandstand to the left is uh, in. It, 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 it's all moving quick, and it will be ready for action for training camp next summer, 2023. And uh, yeah, about 2,100 seats for training camps moving ahead starting next year. 125,000 square feet or so, give or take a few. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, and Tony Baselli. Let's take a look around the AFC South. And boy, the Dolphins had a huge lead on the Texans. They pulled some starters late in the game. Texans got some late points with 30-15. to 15. Dolphins a winner over Houston. The Bengals and the Titans. What a game this was. The Bengals took the lead for good in the fourth quarter. Joe surveys the defense. Two deep safeties for Tennessee. Joe catches the shotgun snap. Fakes the P-Rine. Floats it toward the end zone. And Higgins, he's got it. Touchdown, Bengals. (laughs) As he used his height and his size and went up and over the cornerback in coverage for the touchdown. I gave him the lead for good. Dan Horde and Dave Lapham on Cincinnati's ESPN 1530 and the Bengals radio network. Bengals over the Titans 20-16. And Pete, you referenced it earlier. Now it's all of a sudden a three-game lead in the division. The Titans over, of course, uh, Indy, and then the Jaguars three games back with six to go. By the way, did you see how excited Dave Lapham got on the touchdown? He's a former offensive lineman. He's in the booth. He gets excited when his team scores. <laughs> Tony, maybe you should go take some lessons from Dave Lapham. <laughs> Pete, I'm very happy with my style. <laughs> Well, plus, you look like if you said something, the logman was going to give you an elbow or something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, Frangie was having his convulsions or whatever he was having, and then logman jumped in, and then you were just sitting there. And you're all the best part about it is you all like me. You can't see. You have to have readers to read stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, that's true. Um, I was more concerned. I was very calm because I thought I might have to give uh, – Frangie CPR <laughs> at any moment. No, JP. They're, look, they're not making a run to the playoffs. Okay, I mean, I'm. Pete, I'm come I'm, on, Pete. There's not, a chance. You not. said there's a chance. You at least came well, off it's the possible. fact that they they would have to win see, Sunday and they did Otherwise, it wasn't possible. Tony, it's this possible. is this is progress with Pete. It's actually well, possible Tony, now. Tony Last week, both Titans game, so he thinks they're going to be in the postseason. Yes. I think I only locked one. I said they'd win one or two, and I locked that. No, I think you locked both of them. No. There's so many locks and unlocks, I, I can't remember. But I think I remember the, you know, him doing both at one point. But it's too bad they're not in the NFC South. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, division. right? My God. Well, I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs by any means. But I'll say this: if you go win Sunday, it gets you are playing. And this is what I said at the beginning of the year. The goal should be playing meaningful football games in December. If you beat the Lions on Sunday, that game in in Nashville will be meaningful. If they beat the Lions on Sunday and the Eagles beat the Titans on Sunday, it's really meaningful. Uh, Well, you you can't control the Titans. No, but but, but I'm just saying. You're right. I agree with that. And I started the show with that. Regardless of what happens with the Titans, if you beat Detroit – and you are five and seven, and you're going into Nashville against your division rival. And if you can beat them and get the six and seven, you either close it to a one game 
spread or a two-game spread with four to go, and you get to play them again. It's meaningful. That game means something. And guess what? The exciting stuff for this fan base and for this team, if you win in Detroit, guess what? You now play Dallas at home in a very meaningful game. It's 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 it'd be amazing, but nobody thought you guys in '96 would make the playoffs. Nobody. I mean, it's it fluke things happen in this league. If you and I were doing a show back in '96, we would have laughed. You would have been like, "They're four and seven. There's no yeah. chance. It's over. Play for you know, develop, yeah. develop. You know, yep. play develop. the kids. Play the kids. Play the kids. No, you're right. You're right. Nobody would have believed that. So yeah, I mean, yes, is it possible? But the schedule's brutal, though. You got to admit, this schedule is brutal. It is. Yeah. But- no one had them winning, beating Baltimore Sunday. No, no, they did but not. There what is, is the schedule now? It's 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 t- Detroit, which is now a tougher game than you thought it was going. Detroit's to win. a good football team. Yeah. yeah. Then, then, then Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee. Then Tennessee. Then then Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Then uh, uh, and then Jets. it is uh, the Jets oh. on a Thursday. Yep. And then it's the Texans, and then it's at uh, home against the Titans. Now, if you can navigate the next four weeks and get three and one out of that, then I think you can start talking about it a little bit. There is one more game in the division. It's Monday Night Football and a battle of losing teams tonight. The Pittsburgh Steelers at three and seven visit the four, six and one Indianapolis Colts. Who you got at Lucas Oil Stadium tonight? Well, the offensive line was better last week for the Colts, so this week it'll be back to being what it usually is with T.J. Watt in the game. I'm going to take the Steelers. I think the Steelers are going to – it's going to be a low-scoring, boring, ugly game. I'm going to take the Steelers in that one. I don't think they're going to win the game, but they'll hang around it. It'll be close. I think it's a one one or two-point game. I don't think it's I don't think it's going to get away from anybody. I, I think the Colts win. All right. Easy enough. There you have it. Way to sell the game tonight. What? What's the power rankings for the division? You didn't do it. What do you think? Let's take a look at the division, of course. The uh, Jaguars are in third place. Tennessee, seven and four. Indy, Jacksonville, Houston. Who you got? I mean, I think it's great to put Tony. Tony's going to put, if after tonight, you put Jacksonville ahead of the Colts, right? If they lost. I I, I would go Tennessee, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Houston. That's another thing. Indianapolis isn't dead either. Mm -mm. No, they are not. All right, guys, that's the end of hour number one. We've got another hour to go. Top stories of the day coming up. Of course, we'll keep it real here in a little bit. We'll get to your social media questions a lot more ahead. One hour down, one hour to go. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Everybody in our division is chasing Tennessee. You know, it's a good football team. Coach Brable has them playing well. Cincinnati had a good game plan yesterday, beat them. But, you know, it's a, that's a, it's a good football team. But we know what's ahead of us. We've got some really good teams, you know, uh, on our schedule ahead of us that are all playoff caliber teams that, you know, in order for us to be there at the end, we've, you know, we've just got to continue to prepare, you know, the way we've done that. And, you know, it, it's – this is the next one, you know, Detroit this week. And, um We'll worry about Tennessee, you know, next week and, and move on from there. But it's it's all part of that part of that plan. 
That's the head coach, Doug Peterson, earlier today, and welcome back. It's hour number two of Jaguars Happy Hour on Victory Monday. J.P. Shadrick with Pete Briscoe and Tony Baselli, And, of course, the Jaguars won a wild win over the Ravens, 28-27. The game featured eight lead changes. Three of those came in the fourth quarter. The Jaguars had to rally twice to take fourth quarter leads, including the go-ahead two-point conversion with just 14 seconds left to play. That was after a touchdown from Lawrence to Marvin Jones Jr., a 10-yard score that was reviewed, and then the play stood, of course. The deciding drive went 75 yards in 10 plays and took a minute 48 off the game clock. The, Of course, uh, the Jaguars went for two and got it. And then a 67-yard field goal attempt from Justin Tucker, a few yards short. It would have been the longest field goal made in NFL history. Trevor Lawrence had a career-high rating in yesterday's game. Zay Jones, career highs in targets, catches, and yards. Foye Aluokun, the linebacker, had 18 tackles, also a career high. Chad Muma played every snap of the game on defense. That could be the case moving ahead as well. The Jags are now 4-7, and seven, and with the Titans' loss to the Bengals, the Jags only three back at Tennessee with six games to go, including two head-to-head meetings with the Titans. You heard Doug talk about it there. That about covers it, I think. Jags in pretty good mood today around here in this building. I'll say that, um, you know, going into Detroit next week. Yeah, you know, I like the idea that a staff isn't caught up in where a guy was drafted. drafted. And you've been around the league a long time, Tony. You've seen it play out where teams are defiant almost at times to the guy who was drafted higher should stays in the lineup a little longer than he should. And this staff used the bye week to change that. And I got to give him credit for that because uh, I think I think you play the best player. I don't care where he came from. You know, a lot of good guys wouldn't bench, right, Tony? A lot of guys wouldn't bench that first round pick in the in the first year of his of his uh, of his career. Well, that's what the good coaching coaching staff do, and I think Doug Peterson has a good staff. I think he's a hell of a head coach. I think he's a great play play caller, and uh, I think he's been consistent. I mean. He's, I mean, he's about one thing, one thing only, and that's building this thing back the right way, right culture, and winning football games. And he's going to put the players out there that give them an opportunity to do that. So I'm with you, Pete. I applaud them. Hey, going back to the press conference, JP, who asked him about the Tennessee Titans? I believe it was Gary Smith today. The question was this, Tony, and it wasn't specifically about Tennessee. The question was something to the effect of, hey, you, you talk about all these things out in front of you. It's uh, now a three-game lead like we've talked about, two games against Tennessee. Is, is that what you're referring to, is that whole situation? That was the tone of the question, at least. So okay. it wasn't specifically about the Titans are coming up in but two it, weeks. I don't care. If I had asked Coughlin that question when he was the coach, he, he would have reamed me. Oh, he would have reamed me. Oh, 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 Tennessee? We, we played Detroit this week. Tennessee? Are you really going to go there? That's exactly what it would have been. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. It's Pretty close. Uh, you would know. So, Pete. You, know you got that a few times. You talk about St. Jones. What a great game. And I've been high on Zay since training camp watching him. Um, he now has 58 catches on the year. He's on pace for 89 catches. 
and Kirk's on pace for you know mid to high nineties. If they if those two stay on track on pace of what they're doing so far, and I actually think their numbers are only going to get better because the better Trevor plays, and the more that they trust him to throw it around the yard like they did, uh, and especially if Travis Etienne is not a hundred percent, that ball is going to be in the air more, and you, you could have two guys on this roster that have north of 80 catches at the end of the year. Which is it's pretty impressive for two receivers that when they were signed here, a lot of people opened their eyes and said, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. I mean, and now I think you throw Ridley into the equation, next, the year, equation next year, you got three, yeah. you got three that can make a lot of plays. Well, I'm still, I'm hopeful with Ridley Pete, but I still don't know very many guys that take two years off the game of football and come back and are what they were when they left. That's true. I mean, it's, there's questions about it, but if he is, oh, if he is. really have. Oh, it's great. It's huge. You know, uh, here's the other thing about yesterday, too. This I was thinking about this when I was watching the game. Josh Oliver would be a nice in a Jaguars uniform. I knew that was coming up at some point. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that was a, that's a mistake on their part. There's no – I mean, and, and I get it. He was a little injury-plagued early in his career, but they gave up on him, and they shouldn't have particularly when you don't have anything at that position. He's every bit as good as every tight end they have, or close to it. Yeah. He blocks a little bit, too. He's not a terrible blocker. No, they gave up on him, and they just – and he's good for Josh Oliver. You can give him credit. He went to Baltimore, and he's making a career. And he's a, he's a good rotational tight end for them. You know, call it the second or third tight end, whatever it is. Um. Yeah, he, he had a touchdown catch, a couple catches. You know, he's a he's a nice role player. You know, we're talking about numbers, though, Pete. We talked last week about what Trevor Lawrence would need to do with the numbers. He's on pace now for 4,100 yards, 25 touchdowns, nine interceptions. How would you rate that if those are the numbers at the end of the year? Well, my my prediction, not a prediction, but what I – yeah, prediction. What I thought he would do would be 4,531 to 33 and then – 10. So he's fallen short in the touchdown category. And he's going to probably fall a little short in the in the passing category, but yardage wise. But I, I mean, it's close. It's in the ballpark. I, I thought he would have more touchdown passes, but he struggled early in the year. He couldn't really get it going. Now, you know, in the last, well, how many has he thrown in the last three games? Uh, six, I believe. Yeah. I mean, that, that's two per game. You'd be right at, you'd be at 35, 34. So I, I do think that. What we've seen from him in the last three weeks is what we're gonna you're gonna get from him going forward. That's yeah. what I think. I, yeah. I I just he's special. He's yeah. got it. Six touchdowns over the last three games for him. Yep. No interceptions. I mean, the throw again. I go back to the to the throw on on the sideline. The the post corner route. That that throw. I mean, there aren't a lot of guys that can put that ball where he put it. That was in the way he put it in there. That that was that's the big boy throw that you want to see. Yeah, no, he, boy, it was it was exciting. That was, I mean, it was fun to watch. It was just fun to watch a quarterback in a Jaguars uniform operate the way he did. I mean, for the first time in, gosh, since really since Mark Brunel was in that uniform, there's stability at that position, and and that means your team's going to be good. It means your team's going to be good for a long time. That's what that means when you have that guy. 
you know, yeah, you're going to have seasons where maybe it doesn't work out. There's going to be an injury there. But that means you come back the next year and you're going to be a good team again. Yeah. It's just like the Chargers are – they always do a lot of things wrong. The coach makes a lot of mistakes. They have a ton of injuries. But they're around because of that guy. Every year you're going to say, oh, this could be the year the Chargers do it because of Herbert. Well, now it's the same way with – in Jacksonville, you say. Let's, let's, I'd rather let's, I'd rather use Joe Burrow as the example because the Chargers find a way to always be mediocre. <laughs> well, they, they, <laughs> they have they get a mid Tony. That I don't care. Insane. I don't care what it is, Pete. They're mediocre every year. They're the, they're the they're the tease at the beginning of the year. Everyone picks the Chargers, and they're yeah. like the team to pick. And then they fall apart and do something stupid, and they uh, agree with the injuries. They get some. Tough injuries. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about. Like, let's compare them to. Let's compare Joe Burrow. to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow and Bengals. Like the Bengals now have sustainable success for the next ten years. They might win one or in that time frame. They could have won one last year, but they might win another. Win one in that time frame because of him. That's what Jacksonville now has. Well, like here's, here's the situation with the with the Bengals. They're going to get in the playoffs. I mean, high high percentage. And would it surprise you if they're playing in the AFC Championship game again? No. Wouldn't either. Not me neither. And what they did to Derrick Henry on Sunday was outstanding. I mean, he had 38 yards rushing. On 17 carries. They beat him up. They got after him. You know, with DJ Reader back in the lineup, that's a good team. You know who they play this week, don't you, by the way? Mm -mm. Kansas City. (laughs) That'll be fun. Wow. Yeah. What a game. Yeah. This is a great week of games, by the way, because you have Miami going to San Francisco. Another great game. And then you also have hey, – this was not as great, but it'll be fun to watch. The Vikings offense against the Jets defense. Pete, was I wrong about Tua? Is he good? Yes, I was too. <laughs> uh, yes, I've uh, – yes. But you know what, though? I was talking to my dad the other day, and he asked me. What does he do when he goes to Buffalo when it's when yeah. the weather isn't good? I was going to say, look there's at, a, yeah, look at these. Right? Next- there's always that uncertainty with a guy who doesn't have a big arm in the conditions. Don't they have to go to New England too? Yeah. So listen to this schedule for the Dolphins coming up at San Francisco, at the Chargers, at Buffalo. Three straight games. How about that? And then home against Green Bay on Christmas Day, and then at the Patriots, home against the Jets. That's their schedule down the stretch. Three straight road it's games. Brutal. San Francisco, Chargers, Bills. My gosh. And all over the country, everything. Tony, you know how you always say that Jacksonville's receivers are open more than you've ever seen them before? And it's true because the design of the offense, they get open. I don't think I've ever seen receivers as wide open as those two guys in Miami. A, because of the design of the offense, and B, because they can flat-out run. Yeah, they're so fast. They scared, They put the fear put the fear of God in corners. And so everyone plays so soft and off because they don't want to get run by, and there's just so much space underneath. And, you know, give the Dolphins credit for hiring Mike McDaniel. I don't think he was at the top of everyone's list, but he's a heck of a football coach, man. He's an offensive wizard because he makes it easy on that quarterback. Tony, you know that they run that zone scheme, so the play fake inside, boom, throw the quick throw. It's easy throws, but he's making them, and they turn them into big plays. 
But I can't wait to watch them this week against the Niners, though. That'll be that Niners defense will be interesting with those way those linebackers run and to get depth and everything else. It'll be interesting to see how they handle. And by the way, Armstead, the left tackle, might not be in that game. He got hurt on Sunday. Yeah, that would be a big loss with Joey Bosa rushing the quarterback. Nick. I mean, Nick, sorry. Yes, Nick. 50-50 shot. Hey, we're back in a moment, and we're going to keep it real (laughs) when we come back. Um, We haven't kept it real yet for an hour and 15 minutes, but we will for the next 10. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good. Bank better. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Third and 21, not really where you want to be to start a two-minute drive to go win the game. Um, but just guys in the huddle, like never lost, never lost faith. You know, didn't flinch. Right back to the huddle, next play. It didn't really matter what happened. Um, and just that belief that we have in one another. We've been on the wrong side of these a lot, and it's cool to see, even though that's happened a lot, that we we still have never lost faith. Um, always trusted one another, and it, it felt good to be on the other side of this one. That's the quarterback, of course, Trevor Lawrence on the final drive yesterday in a Jaguars victory over the Baltimore Ravens, 28-27, the final score. And welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Hall of Famer Tony Baselli and Pete Prisco. And it's time for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. And we go to the matchup this week. And they won't face head-to-head, but it will be the talking point a lot of the week. And Pete brought it up earlier. Number one versus number two. Picks overall in the draft. Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Jaguars-Lions coming up in week 13. Well, is it uh, is it going to be overblown? Is it uh, is it Trayvon's Walker, Trayvon Walker's time to step out? Is Hutchinson going to continue uh, what he's doing? What do you think, Pete? Look, Hutchinson hasn't been dominant either. Uh, let's let's slow the roll, but I, he's been better. I mean, he's been a better pass rusher. He's influenced the quarterback. I, I watched the tape today, by the way, of the Bills and Lions because I, I always go back and look at these offensive linemen to see who's bad and who's not. Spencer Brown might be one of the worst offensive tackles I've seen in a long time at right tackle for the Bills. He's a problem for him. I'm sure, Tony, you've watched him. He's bad. And Hutchinson got rushes on him. He pushed him. He got in the pot. You know, he wasn't dominant, but he got by him a couple different times. So if you ask me who's better right now, Hutchinson's a better football player right now than Trayvon Walker is. And I don't think I don't think it's an argument. And by the way, you saw Thursday. I'm sure you guys watched the game on Thursday when the Giants played. Thibodeau was pretty darn good in that game, too. Those guys are rushing the passer better than Trayvon Walker is right now. So if you look at the numbers. Aiden Hutchinson has five and a half sacks. Trayvon has two. Aiden Hutchinson has two interceptions. Trayvon has one. So the numbers say that Aiden Hutchinson is more impactful. I don't know the pressure numbers of that each of them have. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, numbers can be deceiving, too. If you look at the stat sheet from the Bills game, Aiden Hutchinson had zero Tackle, zero assists, zero sacks. He was shut out on the stat sheet. Now, I haven't watched the tape. Pete has. You know, did he get some good pressure and affect the quarterback? Um, it sounds like it. But regardless of no matter what you want to say, I think at this point of their careers, which is very, very early, only 11 games in, Aiden Hutchinson is the better football player. 
I'm not saying he's the better prospect. I'm not saying he has more upside. I'm not saying anything like that. But as a, as a guy who can put his hand in the ground and rush the passer and impact uh, on a more consistent basis, that's Aiden Hutchinson at this point. I mean, he does more. Right now he's doing more. What? Give me, give me plays from Trayvon Walker that stand out to you over the course of his season. Week one, uh, week one, right? The interception, the interception. The, uh, the commanders, That's which it. was an amazing play, by the way. Yeah. Amazing play. The he had a nice sack against the commanders, so he started off really strong. Um, he has played physical in the run game at, for most of the year. Um, that's about it. I mean, it's just he—he he doesn't do enough. He's a good-looking football player who doesn't do enough. I mean, he again, McCarry's a good player, but you got to win there at some point. You got to well, win. McCarry, you mean? Um, yeah, McCarry, they call him. It's McCarry, but that's okay. McCarry, sorry, it's not McCarry. It's McCarry. <laughs> No, if you go look at the pronunciation, it's McCarry. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pete, you got it right in front of you. What does it say? I'm looking up. McCarry is what this okay. says. Thank you. Okay. Um, I wonder if I wonder if Trayvon Walker is in the right position. I do too. Was he? I didn't watch every Georgia game, and I. Trust our scouts, and they watch a lot. I don't remember seeing him standing up in a two-point, rushing the passer as a defensive end that much. Did he, Pete? Or my no, I, no, I, I did not. Not I a lot. I mean, JP, you watch more college football than I do. Yeah, I didn't watch Georgia too. all the time uh, last year, but I don't remember a lot of that. No. By the way, thirty-three pressures for Hutchinson to twenty-four for for uh, Trayvon. Okay. And if you want to, I'd like to see the twenty-four. Um. I wonder if Trayvon's either a four-three defensive end or a three-four defensive end. If you know, put ten, fifteen pounds on him. He's a big, physical guy, and I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. I'd like to see him rush from a three technique with his hand in the ground, which I think they should start doing more of. Why don't they try that at times? Um, you have to ask them. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I just I think I think he's not sudden. That was the book on him when he played when he was in college. Not sudden. I mean, they had a pass rusher there that's going to go and might go in the first round last year. Who is sudden? He he's going to be might be was a you could watch the tape and see that he's a, look. He's always going to be a physically imposing player, but as an edge rush guy, that it that's not his his strength. I mean, you would think, Tony, after this far into the season, he would learn some moves, right? He's still running right smack in the middle of the chest. You said it in week two and three. Yeah. And, I I mean, I think to be a great pass rusher, you have to have suddenness to you. You have to be, you know, that quick twitch, sudden. I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't have that. I mean, he's explosive as hell. Um, I just wonder, I mean, I – I look at our two first rounders, and we're at. And are they asked? Are they being asked to do stuff they did not do in college? Yes, 
for the most part, they are. So it's a little bit of a transition for both of them. So, I mean, that means you got to be patient. If that's, if that's what the coaching staff has determined where their long-term value is, there's going to be a transition period, and you got to be patient. And you can't – I mean, there's been plenty of stories, Pete. You know them as well as I do, of guys who get drafted early and struggle in the transition year one, and then all of a sudden year two they look like different players. And I think Walker has that that possibility. But as of right now, Hutchinson is the better player. If you if you had to do it all over again and you were looking for an edge rusher right now, you would take Thibodeau and Hutchinson over him. I, I don't think – yeah. I mean, I said it back then. I would have taken an offensive tackle. But the one you would have taken isn't playing, and he was getting better. Evan Neal, that's who you would have taken. Or Iquanu. I, I, who hasn't played, hasn't played great either. I'm, I'm just saying what I would have done. But in hindsight, not taking the offensive tackle was probably the right – well – now, maybe not because he can't pay can't pay uh, Jawan Taylor either. The bottom line is you need pass rush, and right now you have a number one overall pick and a number seven overall pick tied up as your two pass rushers, and neither of them are getting to the quarterback. And and, and so you watch the tape. What did you see from Josh Allen on the tape? I mean, he had some nice rushes, but didn't. I mean, nothing impactful. No, there's nobody that like blows past the guy like gets into a guy uses his hands get off of him and then wins with a sack no they're not doing that they don't do it well i always say is it as an edge rusher and i'll speak to that it really goes for any pass rusher but let's just focus on the edge rushers right now you have to have a move that scares the offensive tackle and that you can counter off of and so and, and so i always say is it like a, like a perfect example? If you're an outside rusher and you can't threaten me with power that's overwhelming, okay, then you better have an inside move. Because if all you can do is work up the field, you're never going to win. You'll just ride them up the field the whole time. I mean, I'll just stay inside out and just, you know, maybe overset a little bit if you're really fast. and Because I'm not afraid of you running me over and I'm not afraid of you going inside. But now if you have a great inside move, woo, now all of a sudden – like, I'll give you a perfect example. And this, I mean, this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer this year, Dwight Freeney. You know what made Dwight Freeney, like, almost unblockable at times? Is he had a three, he could beat you three ways. He had good speed, not great, but he had good speed and he could rip speed and stay under low. But he had really good power, speed to power, because he was the way he was built, he had the thick legs. Right. But what would kill you as Inside. soon as you sat down on the power. Or right. were taken away. He had that deadly inside spin move that would just wreck you. So now all of a sudden you're thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to take away? Right. And like Von Miller is more than just up the field speed guy because he could get into you a little bit and he can go inside you. Well, like, I, like for example, if I was blocking Von Miller, I would not. I'm like, go ahead, Von. You want to run me over? Go for it. And what I, the only the only thing I'd be worried about Von Miller is his inside spin move because it's so deadly. And because of that, it sets up his outside speed and working his, your hands up the field because you're worried about setting to the inside and making sure you're not going to get beat on the inside move. And so you so have to, Tony Vaselli's blocking to Trayvon Walker. You're just going to let him come to you and try and power you again. You're going to sit there and your power against his I'd power. Probably, I'd probably short set him all day long. Wouldn't even let him get going. 
Put the shorts at him. Because he's not going to go not gonna past be, He's not yeah. going to be up the field, and he has right. no inside move. So if he you shorten at him, it's just two guys power on power, and you're going to – And he does have good power. There's no doubt about that. But if you short set him, he can't use that power like he would if you weren't short set. Yeah, and even if I – you know, or just change it up with short set so he's worried about it. And you got to get thinking. Yeah, because you let him come to you, right? I mean, you get him, and and you, he's coming right at you. Yeah, and even if you set deep, you know the power's coming. You just sit on it because right. you're not worried about the inside move. Now, if he had an inside move, well, it changes it. Then, then how do you block that guy? If he's that powerful and he has an inside move, how do you block him? Well, then you got. I mean, then you got to be thinking. I'd still short set him if I was playing him because I'm not overly. I don't think he has blazing. He hasn't shown where he's just going to beat you up, speed off the field. No. Um. And so, I mean, I'm never going to set anyone one way. I mean, you change up your sets, and then and then you get. A, I always, you know, the first couple of series, you're going to feel for the guy and, and basically what he struggles with, um, and what you're going to do. But, but you like, know, you're, you're, you, your you, best. You, you know, ultimately, what his go-to is. Your best battles, I always thought, were with Mike McCrary, who wasn't a big guy. But he was wasn't he a, amazing power. Power. And he was fast, and he had moves, but he was also fast enough where he could go up the field a little bit. He wasn't well, explosive, but he could do that. Yeah, but the reason you had to worry about his up the field is because he was so powerful. If he set deep, he was on bull rushing because he, he played with such great leverage and great hand placement. And so I'd short set him all day long, all the time, and change it up. And then I'd also punch and snatch him because he he played with such low leverage that he'd get over over his feet sometimes, and I'd get him on the ground. Okay, so what does Trayvon Walker, in your mind, as a, as a, a Hall of Fame offensive tackle, what does he need to learn how to do to become an effective pass rusher? He needs to, I mean, with his length, if he if he figured out a one arm bull, with what you know, long arm, if he could learn how to long arm guys. And then set up the moves off the long, the long arm with a nice inside move with long arm, just hand slap outside, you know, work up the field, use that inside hand with because he has enough strength where he could, you know, get a little bit of a, uh, you know, hump move back to the inside. I mean, but I, I, his, his length is tremendous and his power is tremendous. So learn to one arm guys and, and work off that. Yeah, I still think the talent's there. I think it'll come for him. It's just a matter of it's not coming right now at yeah. all. I mean, it's just – I mean, if you listed his impact plays over the course of the season, JP. Yeah, there weren't many. The way, like I always said, I'd love to play in this era because how many times does any team in today's NFL do a seven-step drop? That's true. Nobody. No. Right. And, like, that's all we did. I mean, Mark would be in the shotgun and take five from the shotgun. <laughs> right. <laughs> he would and that, i mean not because that's what he was told to do and he'd be at 10 11 yards sitting back there and you know so now you have a three-way go the way trevor i was watching him today i mean he's sitting there at seven eight yards my goodness you can't beat me outside you can't I mean, you there's I, I just play the angles right Wow, uh, there you have it. Keeping it real. Uh, we learned a lot, I think, in that segment presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Well, Open up a winner today. Real, real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Thank you for letting me get the read in, Tony. Yes. Real quick. That's, I'll say one thing. that You know one of the reasons our pass blocking is, 
is much improved. I give Phil Rauscher a ton of credit, and the guys are doing it. Is their angles of sets are so much better, and they understand how to set based on where the quarterback is. I'm just speaking of the tackles here, and both Juwan Taylor and and Cam Robinson are doing such a good job, and they're playing smart because they understand where the quarterback's dropping, what they're trying to do, and they're taking the angles away. And they're just doing. I, 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 and kudos to them for taking the coaching. And Phil Roush is really cleaning up the sets and how they set. You know, and no longer do you have. Juwan Taylor just bailing out straight back and giving up the inside. His sets, his angles are enhanced. It's so much better. And half the battle, if you if you set right and you take the proper angles, you're going to make it very difficult for a defensive end to beat you because of the way the passing game is today and the way that, way that they that Trevor drops and he does a great job in the pocket. And so, you know. And as a pass rusher, you have to understand what the tackle is trying to do to you. And the good pass rushers are able to mess a tackle's feet up and get them thinking and get them, you know, their feet out of sorts. And the only way to do that, you have to do it working inside. You have to power. You have to change up your rushes to keep that tackle, you know, out of a rhythm and out of out of sync. All right, guys, let's come back. There's the there's the dinner bell, uh, wherever Tony is right now. We're back in a moment. Fanatics fan questions. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Victory Monday. J.P. Shadrick with Pete Frisco and Tony Vaselli After a Jaguars victory over the Baltimore Ravens 28-27, the Jaguars are now 4-7 and on the season. Third place in the AFC South, only... Three back of the first place Tennessee Titans with six to go. Time now for the Fanatics fan questions. Jaguars fans are gearing up and saving big at Fanatics.com. Shop today and rep your Jags gear on game day and every day. Fanatics.com officially licensed everything. We put the cat signal out earlier. Here's the best we've come up with today. Question number one. At BGOPES15. Just want to know how Pete would feel if they didn't complete that two point conversion. Hashtag in Doug We Trust. Again, I said it earlier. I, I, I like the decision for that team where it is right now to go for that. I had no problem with it whatsoever. If you don't get it, you still had that quarterback moment. And so I had no problem with them going for that in that situation. Talk to me in about a couple of years if he does that. Then I might think differently, but we explain why. The fourth quarter got loose. J- Justin Tucker, as Tony mentioned, great kicker. So I understood why they went for it. Yeah, I'm with – I mean, I'm, I, I don't know if I would have changed my opinion If in future years. We'll see how this team is. Um, I I do think and, – and we'll see with the overtime. I think the overtime rules are ultimately going to change where each team gets a possession no matter what. Um, it, you know, but – Yesterday, regardless of the outcome, I, I agreed with the call 100%. But by the way, Tony, you would agree with this. We're getting a little out of hand in this league with going for it all the time. I mean, it, we saw a game on, on, on Thursday on Thanksgiving. It was 14-13. The Giants are right in the game, hanging around, and they decide to go for it on fourth down from their, what was it, the 45-yard line. And they don't get it. The momentum shifts. Game, game changed. They weren't the same. They got blown out the rest of the way. Yeah, Pete, I'm with you on the fourth down. I think the fourth down calls are ridiculous. I mean, I think – I mean, D, I mean, these are professional football players. They're too good. I mean, it's hard um, at times to get even a yard. We saw that yesterday for both teams. They could, they got stuffed on fourth and less than one. 
Um, unless you're unless you're down inside on your side of the field, I don't like going for fourth down because even if you get it, let's say you get it, you still gotta go sixty yards. It doesn't mean I mean you're not you're not even field goal range or anything. Now when you're on the other side of the fifty, I do like playing aggressive. I do like that. Yes, it depends on the flow of the game too, though. Oh and yeah, if you're in a if you're in one of those games where it's three three or right. seven seven in the third fourth quarter, punt, play defense, play field position, make them drive. Your defense is playing well. Right. I think right. what analytics and I, I and I, I think analytics have a huge part in this game. I think it's it's good. It, it helps inform you. It gives you more information. But I think what analytics miss is the is the flow of the game. Is it a high-scoring game? Is it a low-scoring game? Are you playing a great defense? Are you playing a bad defense? Do you have a starting tackle out? Do you have a starting yeah. ta- a guard in? Do you have a yeah, – there's so, the so fact that none of that factors into the data. None of it. Yeah, and so I think, you know, analytics have a place. They're very important. It's something you need. It's information that you can use. But I also think you have to – as the head coach, you have to have a feel for your team, your opponent, the situation, yep. everything else. I mean, go back to that Jets – Patriots game three three, you're not going for it on fourth down anywhere. You're playing field position all day long because you understand that both offenses are really struggling. Right, and if the Chiefs and Bengals get loose to the point they're going up and down the field, and it's 35-34, you go for it all the time. That's right. I agree. Yeah. Yep. Question number two from Twitter today. This is from at nine oh four and more with the Jags linebacking core playing well with three linebackers and three safety looks on defense. Should that be the new identity for this defense or was it just a weekly matchup scheme? Matchup scheme weekly. No, 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 and no. Your starting linebackers, inside linebackers should be um uh Khan and uh Muma and no. I mean, it, like three safeties, maybe. No, no. So I'm, I, I'm not against the three safety look if you're confident with Rayshon Jenkins playing the slot. I mean, playing the nickel at times um, in certain situations because I think I think Winger is a really good football player. Yeah, I, I disagree with you on Winger. I mean, he played well yesterday, but we've no, seen he's, him. Played all, he's played well all year, Pete. We've seen him make bad plays last I year. It was that. terrible. You talk to the coaches in, in training camp; they felt like they had three safeties that could start. And he played well yesterday. I'm not going to take that away from him. But no, you got to in this era. They, first off, the Ravens had no receivers on Sunday. They're all banged up, and the quarterback is a different guy. That's a different way to defend that guy. So no, absolutely not. You got to play with corners in this league. And after watching the tape, I wouldn't have played three linebackers yesterday either. I'd have put. I would have played wing. I'd play three. I would have played winger too. I mean, winger right now is playing better football than Devin Lloyd, and he's physical. He's tough. He'll stick his head in there. He's not afraid. I mean, I, I, I'm i a big fan of Winger. Next question on Twitter. Busy place today after a win, of course, at Devil Jaguar X82. I was at the game from Kansas. I have no voice, and I'm still ecstatic. Is this something we can get used to with Trevor? Did he turn the corner? He showed more emotion yesterday than I think we've ever seen. Love you guys. Six more. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't get the emotion. I think Trevor, I don't either. I, Trevor's always a fiery guy. He's he is a will to win. He's competitive. Like I don't think. I mean, that was a big moment, a big game, and like you get excited. Like maybe showed a little. It show it comes out differently. But no, I don't. I think Trevor's always had an emotion. Now, the first part of his question, yeah. I I mean, I think this has been building for a while. 
To me, one of the best things that Trevor Lawrence has done this year is how he responded after the Denver game when everybody was killing him. And there was questions, and is he a bust, and he's terrible, and he can't do this and that and everything else. Everybody, um, except for Pete Nye. And and his response and his toughness mentally, and he didn't let it bother him, and he didn't change who he was. He didn't change how he answered questions in the press conference. He did a great job, and his play has shown that He's the real deal. And, uh, and and you know what you saw from him late in that game? The confidence. You know, at times you gotta admit this, at times this year, early in the season, you were it was a little it was a little unsettled and the confidence wasn't always there. And he'd get when something went bad, he seemed to go bad. That didn't happen on Sunday. That's not that's not what happened. So that's the moment where he arrived. And by the way, he should be anointed for football sainthood for dealing with that moron for an entire year last year. Okay, he had to deal with the moron, the idiot coach who knew nothing about football in the NFL way. He had to deal with the moron and he trotted him out every single week. And he stood there and answered all the questions as the face of the franchise as a rookie quarterback. Think about that. And now he's navigated through that. He's got a real coach. And now you're starting to see what he can really do. How about that guy on Fox now? I mean, I mean, he's like an expert on Fox now again. (laughs) Yeah, far from it. (laughs) I had to go upstairs early Saturday, so I did not cross paths with him uh, at Ohio State. Uh, question number four, social media. Have he even remembered you or said hello to you? I bet he I have no idea. Um, I would have forced the issue, though. Why not? At Trevorville underscore, uh, who is the best quarterback in the AFC South right now? Also, what's lacking from this team so we can take the next step? Oh, the best quarterback is Trevor Lawrence by far. It's not even close. Correct. It's not even close. It's like Correct. end of debate. Like, I mean, there's not a. I mean, if you looked at the AFC right now, this would be interesting, Pete. How many quarterbacks would you take before Trevor Lawrence right now in the AFC? I mean, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Burrow for sure. I mean, you got it. I mean, you have Herbert. 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 He's done it more. That's fair. Um, It's four. Tua? No, I wouldn't. (laughs) I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. If, he's if, playing if, better. He's, he's playing better than him right now. Okay, his numbers are better. But if you're asking me right now, if I had to win a game and bet my life on it, I'm taking Trevor over Tua. Well, you'd certainly take him. I would take him for the long run too. So yeah, I'd probably take. Who else? You're not nobody else in that scent in, in the South. Nobody in the North. Lamar. Lamar. Would you take him over Lamar Jackson? Lamar? No, I wouldn't. Kenny Pickett. Not, nothing against Lamar. He's a great player, but the way I want to play football is right. not. Right. I don't want to play football that way either. Um, no. Derek Carr, Derek no. Carr is getting old. Russell Wilson, no. No, you're right. So he's fourth, fifth, or sixth, fifth. somewhere in there. Yeah. I mean, fifth or uh, sixth, probably. If you're, yeah, because the one guy you could argue, in fairness, is Lamar Jackson ahead of him. Right. I mean, but that's a different style. You could also argue two ahead of him the way he's played this year. Oh. <laughs> he's not giving in. He's, not, he's not done on that one he's yet. Not you got to wait to see this three-game stretch, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in the NFC, who would you take ahead of him right now? Okay, but would you, you wouldn't take – Kirk Cousins is probably better than him right now, but you wouldn't take him for the long run. No, I'm talking about just this year. I mean, Kirk okay. Cousins okay, – This year you wouldn't take Rodgers over him. No. Um, this year you would take, 
Dak? I'm still taking Brady. I'm still taking Brady. I mean, Dak Prescott. But he hasn't had a great year, though. Yeah, he's still he's still leading the league in passing yards. Yeah. How about who, Dak? Who else? Dak Prescott. Dak. Probably Dak. Yeah. Um, Garoppolo, no. No. Stafford's not playing well. Kyler Murray, no. Um, Jalen Hurts, different style. Yeah, different style, but yeah, but Jalen Hurts, you got to give credit to because he's yeah. throwing the ball well too. Yeah, you take Jalen Hurts yeah. right now and you build it around him. Um, but you got to wonder with Jalen Hurts, what happens when he can't run like he runs? That's the other issue. Yeah, but he he's a pretty good thrower, Pete. Like, he ain't like that guy throwing. I'm not saying he's like Trevor, but he's like he, I think he's better than he gets credit for. He's improved. Well, are we missing anybody, JP, in the NFC? Those are the big names. Yeah, I don't. Nothing else stands out to me. Well, you know the debate. The debate has been: um, is Fields as good as him? And the answer to that question is no. Nope. No. But Fields will be good. He's going to be good. Yeah, he's a tough guy. Can run around, do all that stuff. Oh yeah, but, I, I have a ton of respect for Justin Fields. The guy's a stud. But Kirk Cousins is, is better. Kirk Cousins is better than him right now. Right now, yes, yes, yeah. yes. If you had to win a game right now, you take Kirk Cousins. He can do a lot of stuff. He's smart. He's accurate. He's a good player. All right. One more question um, on social media. But and... my, my whole point there before we go to this question is, I mean, right now, being conservative, Trevor's the top. Top what? Top half. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'd be top half. All right, final question. Here it is. Uh, how did Tony stay composed in the moment? And of course, the moment is the touchdown pass. And on social media, the Jaguars official account has video from the broadcast booth of everyone losing their mind. Except Tony Baselli, calm, he cool, didn't, collected. He didn't stay composed. He was. He froze in the moment. He was a, no, a big I'm, game. He froze. No, my head's moving. I'm focusing. I'm looking at the situation. I'm trying to look at the replay right there, trying to understand what happened, and making sure that it was an actual touchdown. And then Jeff yeah, starts talking, froze. so I'm not going to jump over him. He froze. I didn't freeze. Uh, what do you think, JP? You think he froze in a moment? You know, I've, called, I've called conference championship games. I'm like, this is – on, give me a break. I don't know. Dave Laffin got excited when his team scored a touchdown. <laughs> I'm kind of with Tony on the laying out part. I'm with you on that, Tony. Well, you, you know, always are because you want to hear well, yourself. What do you like me to do, Pete? Jump up and down and, like, give high fives? I mean, what do you want me to do? Uh, be alive. I'm alive. Look at I'm sitting there. I'm now talking. Again, the best part of it is the readers. <laughs> <laughs> Three old men. <laughs> wow. Hey, who's the Who's your spotter then? That's John Deneen. Is his name? Yeah. John Deneen. Uh, yep. Yeah. No. Uh, show some emotion, a little bit, anyways. Woo! <laughs> there you go. All right, Ric Flair. We're back in a moment, and we'll uh, go around the NFL. Some scores, a couple highlights. We'll wrap it up. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Twenty seconds to play. The clock turns. Trevor drops. Fires toward the right corner of the end zone. That ball is caught. Caught. Caught for the touchdown in the right corner of the end zone. How good is that? Touchdown, Jacksonville, Marvin Jones Jr. 
There's Frank Frangi on the call of the touchdown with 14 seconds to go yesterday on the Jaguars radio network. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Vaselli. Yes, Pete, you're looking around. What are you looking for? I'm doing my imitation of Tony after the call yesterday. Pete, what would you have done? Honestly, because I know you would have done nothing different than I did. Well, I probably would have got my the word in first before Logan. <laughs> you know me. It's not, but, a comp- it's not a competition. No, I don't know. But <laughs> okay, I probably would have done the same thing because I was would have been worried about Frank over here to my left. But it's funny to give you crap about it because everybody on Twitter was talking about it. You're just sitting there. Tony is. <laughs> he, did he notice? Did you have yeah, something on your mind? I mean. The play went to review. It wasn't. Yeah. A, it wasn't a slam dunk. It's a good thing Marvin Jones wore thick socks. I'll put it that way, because without that, <laughs> it might not have been in the end zone. Think he got his feet in. No, he didn't get. He didn't get two feet. Yeah, in. He one got foot. One foot in twice, but Which that doesn't count. You have to get two count. feet. That's... You have to get two feet, and um, and Did his knee get in. No, so it, his shin. It's anything his above shin. the ankle. Counts. Anything right. above the it ankle. Looked like his shin got in. Either. Yeah, it, it, it hit the ground. If you look at it, yeah. it hits the ground before he goes out of bounds. By the way, you know, you talk about, Tony, you mentioned two, his right foot got down twice. I got a story about that. We're working in, in the green room in South Florida. John Beeson, longtime NFL linebacker. You know, he played for Carolina. He was a good player. So this guy does the exact same thing, gets taps down twice with his right foot. And I go, he's out of bounds. And he goes, no, 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 no. You got two feet in, two, two in. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, right, right. I said, what are you talking we, about? He needs to get the right and the left in. <laughs> we were talking about that on the thing. It's like, hey, does the right get down twice count? No, and he no. actually believed that the guy played the league for 10, 12 years. Right, right. So the I'll whole year, honest, any I'll play. That, well, I was 99% sure you need right and left, but I was like, because when they were reviewing it initially, I didn't like what I'm like, what are they reviewing? Because I didn't see the shin go down until they really slowed it down. I'm like, maybe it's if you get the same foot in twice, it counts. Oh, so you played for a decade and don't know the I rule. Either. But I like for but you're looking at the replay and it took so long. You're trying to figure out what they're looking at. Right, well, right. It, well, see, that was pretty clear that he got it in twice, so it right. couldn't have been that they were looking at because the they would have had that right away. Anytime there was a sideline, or there's still to this day, it's if I see him, it's like right, 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 right. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. It worked I made, out. I made the comment. Well, the week before against the Chiefs, Kadarius Tony got his right foot in ten times before he put his left foot in. I said maybe that <laughs> that counts. Yeah, <laughs> he's still hopping down the side. I don't know what he was doing on that play. By the way, I thought he got hurt. I don't know, but he's just hopping down the sideline. I'm like, well, I guess he's inbounds. It's 25 yards wide open. You can hop all you want, I guess, at that point uh, on that play. Uh, all right, let's uh, take a look at a couple scores from around the league, at least uh, yesterday. Oh, Thanksgiving, of course. We mentioned those games earlier. Bills over the Lions. Uh, the Cowboys knocked off the Giants. The Vikings over the Patriots all on Thanksgiving. Yesterday, Panthers over the Broncos 23-10. Browns beat the Buccaneers 23-17. The Bucks are in first place, Pete, and they have a losing record. It's The division's awful. I mean, it is so bad. And they're going to win the division because the rest of those teams are terrible. Mm, just awful. The uh, Jets over the Bears yesterday, 31-10. Uh, the Commanders beat the Falcons, 19-13. Chargers over the Cardinals, 25-24. They went for two. Well, 
I don't mind that. I mean, I didn't like that one because I think that they're a good team and ready in the playoff contention, so I wouldn't have done that one. The Raiders won in overtime. How about the run to end it in style for the Las Vegas Raiders yesterday? Down to five on the play clock. Gets the snap. Hands off to Jacob. Stutters to the right. Burst through the whole 20. 25-30. He's off to the races here in Seattle. Nobody's going to catch him. 25-20. 10. Ball game. Bye-bye, Josh. 86 yards in overtime to walk it off for a second straight week. Touchdown, Raiders. Victory, Las Vegas. Raiders over the Seahawks, 40-34. to It's Jason Horowitz on the Compass Media, Las Vegas Raiders Radio Network. I think it was the anniversary of Bye Bye Bo when he went in the tunnel, I believe. Well, I'll tell you what. That that thing, they blocked it well. The, the middle linebacker got crushed by the fullback, and off he went. There was nobody there. It was a, it was a great play. And then the uh, Chiefs over the Rams, the Niners over the Saints, Eagles over the Packers. All right, we're uh, inside a minute. So next week, Jags Lions. Does the do they start a streak, Pete? It's going to be tough, but I, I'll I think the Lions beat them. I, I'll be honest. With you. No, I, I'll tell you what. I'll pick Jacksonville in that game. Oh, by the way, they're they're underdogs in the game. Oh, I think it's like 35-31 Jags. Some high scoring game. Oh, I agree. Yeah. First one to thir- first one to thirty five wins. Jacksonville gets thirty five. Trevor throws three. How about that? And I think guess, he goes four for the first time. And guess wow. what? The Titans are going down next week, too. So the gap will continue to close. Sets up a big game in two weeks. That's Tony Baselli and Pete Frisco. I'm J.P. Shadrick for our entire crew. Thank you for listening. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.